welcome to the final episode of this podcast. Uh, this one, we're having a fun little discussion, and we got more people this time. So, our ranks have now doubled, and uh, we have more perspective, more global perspective to go into these issues. Two white men. Yes, we got two more white men. Well, so, or, oh, whatever. We now have three. Three uh, Yes. Please introduce yourself, Cohen and Chase. Okay. Question one. What is the greatest flaw with America today? Cohen, you start. (laughs) What's so funny about the flaws of America? I think the greatest flaw of America is the education system. Uh, It's very expensive. I mean, you're paying $60,000, you know, to get a college education. I think it's a little bit more than that. Well, I mean, that's the, really, ba- that's the really average is like 60000 And I mean, like, you know, some people, like, get the same education in, like, junior college, and they just, like, steal your money. Like, there's... Colleges steal your money? Basically, yeah. So I mean, I, I, like, I don't know. Half, or the, you know, the health system, the health, like, the... Healthcare? healthcare. Yeah, there you go, healthcare. You know, there was a, there's a meme, you know, going around that's like... You want a candy bar? It's like, sure. It's like, all right, it'll be $3,000. It's like, that's too expensive. It's like, oh, but with this gift card, it's only 500 Like, oh, that's not that bad. You know, it's insurance. It's really, it's like, it's still expensive, but like, like just because you have insurance, you know. So you're also like against insurance too. Uh, would no. You, would you like it to be nationalized? Would you like a... You know, I just, I want to move to like, you know, Spain where everything's just free, you know. Actually, it, not Spain. That's not the... What about really. the taxes in Spain? Uh, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that. You know, taxes are just like a, it's just a byproduct. Are you running over like Catalonia or like you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, like yeah, Barcelona, you know, a little bit, a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. That'd be pretty nice, but uh, yeah, probably just like you have to pay for everything. You know, even water isn't free. Like, what's up with that? I think our taxes should pay for those things. You know, like they should we should take a chunk of our taxes. I think I think they should just take like ninety five percent of our check and everything else is free. I, I think, think that'd be great. Be, yeah, I, I think, think it'd be very nice. So you just get like five percent of money to like do whatever you want with? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. then we also all make like four hundred thousand dollars, so five percent is like <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so your solution is to increase like minimum wage to I don't know, like a hundred and fifty dollars an hour mm-hmm. and then take ninety five percent of that back to the government mm-hmm. and then just like everything is free. Yeah. I don't see a problem with this. I think it's great. I th- I, I don't, like, I mean, because then, like, you know, you have a little bit of spending money, you know, like, mommy gives you some allowance, and then you still, like, have, like, you're like, still freeloading. Like, yeah, okay, no I, I, yeah, it's, I, like, it's like you're back with your parents. Yeah, okay, that checks out. All right, Chase. I think it's just, uh, division. <laughs> division between people. <laughs> Polarization. <laughs> Polarization, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> This problem is is getting better, but it's still not great. You see, on social media, so many people arguing, it's <coughs> bad. It's bad. Now, Cole, you found division to be pretty funny. Uh, what's so funny about the uh, political division in America? <coughs> I just I just wasn't expecting that answer. It was a curveball. I I well. I thought he was talking about division between, you know, races, which I think is a very big problem. That's part of the division, yeah. But then you said political, so I was like, oh, yeah. Well, you see, I think another problem is that our society revolves around politics now. You know, before, 
you know, it, <clears throat> politics should revolve around the way we all think and the way the world acts. But now, you know, every conversation turns into politics. Like now, we revolve around politics. Politics is the world, and we're just living in it. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, before you could be friends with anyone, like a conservative, it's fine. But now, like Trump supporters, these Biden supporters, it's like precisely. Ooh, yeah, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, Jack, your turn. Um, I think the biggest problem America's facing right now is the way in which labor interacts with our economy. Uh, right now, people, you know, you'll do like like eight hours of work, and only like an hour of that work will be going towards your paycheck, and those other seven hours will be going right to your boss, and they just pocket the rest of the money, and your and your boss's boss, you know, you'll have like eight bosses, and you'll have no no real freedom in your life. You know, we're, we're guaranteed all these all these freedoms by being in America, but as soon as we step into the workforce, we have like it's like tyranny and it's like dictatorship. We have no 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 free will in our in the workplace. And I think if we started you know incorporating democracy into the workplace, we could alleviate a lot of the issues. And we could we could choose where where the money goes when it's created. We could choose you know we could choose for the money to be allocated towards more social services like healthcare and like education. Instead of like one guy who pockets all of it and then like takes a takes a chip to like Argentina for like a month, uh, it's or or paying for his like golf tee times. I think I think we're, we'd be a better society if if it if it weren't controlled by one guy, you know. Who is that one guy? Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos controls everything. I'm pretty sure someone just fell off my roof. Okay, so. Uh, Actually, sorry, back to Jack. Would you say that you'd like everyone to be exactly the same, perhaps, like, in Marxism? Just not what Marxism advocates for, but... What does Marxism advocate for? Well, that's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. That Is I that what you're talking about? Not really. <laughs> he just said, isn't what it is. Like, you're like, is that Marxism? And he said, no. And then you're like, so is that what Marxism is? <laughs> All right, carry on. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, it's the two-party system. I think it was meant to divide people. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't think the intention was to divide people. But it clearly has and has been probably the greatest, one of the greatest detriments to America, especially in terms of, like, progress and stuff like that. Because uh, when you have these party affiliations, it becomes really easy to, like, lobby and give money for certain causes, which I think has tampered a lot of progress in many different fields because if a company doesn't like what's going on they can pay a, a policymaker like a million dollars and then it's like oh you know my beliefs have changed and I'm no longer going to support this which I think has been really detrimental to uh, America as a whole adding on to that um, the two party system also makes it impossible for, for a third party to come up for any anyone else outside of the Republican Democrat to come up which means that someone you know, more left-leaning or more right-leaning tries to come up through the system, they all get, like, massively, like, they get they get all their ideas and mm-hmm. and opinions, they just get them watered down mm-hmm. so they fit with, like, the whatever narrative is, is happening at the time. So if you want to come up through, Repu- through the Republican Party and you're more, you know, conservative with your money, that's fine. But then all of a sudden, now you have to advocate for Trump. you got to advocate against trans people and against gay people. And often you have to, you know, be in support of cops, which maybe you don't like doing, but now you have to because of the two-party system. Yeah. Okay. Question two. This one's going to, I mean, the next four are just going to be more of like a, a conversation rather than like 
Your turn, your turn, your turn. Okay. Uh, so in the past 50 years, we've kind of seen the emergence of countries like China, India, South Korea, uh, Brazil as these like major superpowers. What do you say? What country do you think in 50 years is going to become like a superpower, like really powerful nation? Outside of the ones that like right now. Yeah. I mean, you can say one of the like brick ones if you think they're going to get even stronger. I think, I think Brazil. Brazil's a good bet. Yeah. Good oil, good economy. As long as their politics don't go like full on dictatorship, um, I think the Brazilian people are, you know, going to be able to compete with, you know, the American economy and the Chinese economy. But they also do a fair amount of trade with China, so they do. Um, they might be supported in that in that aspect. But I I also don't think that any country can come up individually. I think that would be extremely rare you know you need the support of of other countries of other countries yeah. and if you have any any embargoes that are like you know going to basically disrupt your economy it becomes very difficult to gain any any sort of you know independence i think china doesn't get like huge like even worse especially we trade with them like all the time like, yeah number well, one trade partner. We, we depend on them right yeah so like we like they get so much money from us and everything we buy Everything's made in China, so they make all of our products. So like, we're, yeah, we're so dependent on them that they're probably like just either pass us or get as big as us, and it's gonna be like World War Three. Yeah, and, I mean, that happened, you know, twenty, thirty years ago because the workers in China were cheaper to cheaper to pay. You know, it's I mean, not anymore, but yes, thirty years ago, yes, and. As of now, it, it just it just makes you know it makes more sense that if you're going to you know be making something and selling something that the best way to preserve the profit margin, you know, the best way to make money is to be able to cut your labor force. And if you can cut the amount of money that you're paying to make things instead of paying to sell them, opportunity cost. You know, exactly. So obvious. if you can just if you can just get your children if you can get children to do it for free or like super cheap, I mean you're gonna be rolling in money. So. In that way, capitalism kind of incentivizes child labor. You know, it, it may, it, it, the competitive, the competitive opinion and choice that, that any entrepreneur needs to make is mm -hmm. child labor and slavery. I mean, that's the best way to make money. Yeah. If you want to be successful in life, child labor is the answer. Yeah, so. yeah. But that, I haven't thought of that one. Huh? Yeah. Any aspiring child laborers out there? Uh, I say India. I think. I think since Wait, like. Bangkok? That's in Thailand. Yeah, that's oh, totally rough. Almost. <laughs> that's rough. Haven't you been there too? <laughs> India? No, Thailand. No, to Indonesia. Oh yeah, oh. that's right. Uh, yeah. So you know, India in the early '90s kind of had was very anti-trade, and then uh, they had this group, the World Trade Organization, the WTO, came in and was like. Hey India, uh, you guys have like a, almost a billion people that are throwing right now. You need to open up trade because you're like, so they had this trade policy where, you know, because in terms of GDP, if you, uh, or never mind, for some reason they weren't exporting stuff. They they were very much anti-exporting, so they would have because they were like, oh, we want to keep our goods within our country. So that things can like internally sell, so it raises their own GDP. Uh, 
and they just wouldn't they had like trade restrictions where you could only it was called quantitative restrictions where they could only export a certain amount of goods like number wise and then uh wto came in was like you guys shouldn't be doing this it's an awful idea and they're like all right we'll change our ways so then they changed to what we have today where they're exporting a ton of stuff and it like it was exponential growth after that point where they started to ease those quantitative restrictions and i really don't especially with the the modi administration is a little bit wacky but i think they're very much for globalized globalizing the indian economy which i think is not a bad idea for them right now i believe oil is a huge very important factor in, in being like a superpower so as long as you're not getting exploited by countries like the US I think you have a big chance to move up so I think countries like Saudi Arabia could really be on the come up very good chance they could become I, I wouldn't say they're gonna pass like the US or China but they could be up there as one of the superpowers yeah they got a lot of oil mm. much longer we're gonna take it we're going back yeah, yeah they need some freedom round two uh we already have military bases over there, I think. There's got military bases everywhere. There's yeah. like 200 countries. I, I think it's, it's like It's like 80% of the world. Yeah. And the countries we don't are like the small-ass countries. Like, like the... T- okay, so Jack loses. I told him not to say words <laughs> on this, so... Okay. Uh, on a similar note, speaking of oil, Dubai. Will Dubai continue to grow at its current rate? Or will it stop and like crash and burn? You want to explain Dubai for a second? Just so like, so Dubai out. is okay. Have you seen the TikToks where there's like this giant tower and like there's like all these big cities and they're like you know they all dressed in like white robes and stuff like that. I don't watch TikTok. You know I'm trying not to bring to my brain cells like that. Okay, I get that. Uh, it has a lot of oil. Okay. There's a lot of oil. There's probably a couple trillionaires in there. So I'm guessing there's mining oil and selling it and make, getting really big. Is that? The yeah, place? they had. They were on a giant oil reserve, and uh, wasn't Saudi Arabia too? They both were. Yeah. But China. Saudi Arabia has a like Dubai has a really small population. Oh okay. So that means like the people who are in control of those oil fields got like insanely rich. Like, there's probably already a trillionaire out there in Dubai that is just, like, paying to be off any, uh, any like, formal records. But yeah, Dubai has a lot of oil, and it's been causing the rapid development of their country. So do you think that's going to keep on going, or do you think it's going to, like... If it's still oil, like, oil's in a really big, like, everyone needs oil. More cars are being made... Yeah, there's a ton of cars being made. Like everything needs oil, machinery. You know, fuel, jets, fuel needs oil. Like, like plastic is oil. Like mm-hmm. just about everything in this world needs oil. So you know, I don't think it's like it doesn't renew as fast as like we use it. So we're gonna keep like a need of a huge supply. Yeah, especially because he's got sorry. So just because he's got rid of all our like oil reserves. I think was it the fuel or oil reserves we got rid of? It was. Uh, well, we we oil. we did a shit. Crap, oil, oil, yeah. oil, oil permits like you, like to dig for oil like the, the, the places that are available to dig for oil mm-hmm. um, we have like just recently the Biden administration approved like the most in history 
which is kind of crazy because I thought he was more environmentalist, but I guess not. We kind of need that though. Like the gas is really bad. Wait, gas is real bad. Um, is that they're building? Yeah, what, what is that? A is hydro? It? Yeah, I don't um, know. They kind of like cool, every other month. They're like, we're building this like this crazy thing. You know, like, you know where they're taking workers from? India. Yeah, they are. Same with Qatar. That's how Qatar got all their stuff for the World Cup. Is they were like, we need workers, India. We need workers, and then they got them over there, and they pretty much had them in like a debt trap mm-hmm. where no they didn't have enough money to leave the country. Which is a lot of which is which is like half our population. They paid, they paid, uh, they pay, they basically paid to go work to have the opportunity to work. And then a lot of the times they didn't have enough money to pay to go work. So then they would work and be like, oh, work enough so I can pay the debt off. And then it's like, no, you can't do that. You have to pay for like living expenses, blah, blah, blah. And then they just like couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. And then once the World Cup was done, Many they were like, right, back. There was also a very high death rate, yeah. Um, uh, so, I didn't go into that. The, um, crap, what was I saying? I totally forgot what I was saying. Instantly forgot it. Um, what are we talking about? Dubai. Oil. Company wants Dubai. to build giant oil. Oh. oil. So oil. I think I think with Dubai, um, you could see like I could definitely see like short term growth one hundred percent next ten, twenty years maybe. But I think as soon as climate change starts like really you know, like right now, climate change has happened like pretty substantially and it's increasing over time, but like we're we're doing the bad things. Right now, like we're doing all the things that are poisoning our planet, but we're not seeing the effects yet because we're gonna see the effects in you know in years to come. So we're kind of in this like limbo state where you kind of like don't think anything is really bad is happening, but it definitely already has happened. So you're just kind of waiting for it to happen. And once the th- once the things really get bad, I think the people are going to start, you know, they're going to start, you know, being like. We need to stop using oil, and we need to, we need to like immediately switch to to renewables and to green energy, because the world just can't survive like this. Would you Would you add uh, nuclear power to renewable? I would. I would add that. Yes. Especially because then they just make the thing where like they turns the nuclear waste into power too. Yep. So what's so. the point of like? How's it bad? How's it bad? How's it bad? How's it bad? Gonna blow up. Okay. No one thinks that because that hasn't blown up. But I mean, how much do you know? How much power does it make? Less or more power with the waste? More. Um. Okay, so why don't we shut down nuclear so it doesn't blow up and just like use all the waste we have for now and then it's like... And you know why it's bad? Why? It doesn't make enough money. It doesn't make enough money for one guy, for, for a few mm-hmm. people. And that's why that's why people are lobbying against it. Um, it's just how, you know, capitalism is going to kill us. Or because of like, uh, Chernobyl. I think so Chern- 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 Chernobyl like- and Three Mile Island have left a pretty sour taste in people's mouth. Like a main, the main reason why the San Onofre power plant shut down was because like there were a lot, there were a lot of petitions that were like, "Hey, don't do this." And also, the military base was pretty like, "Why'd you put a nuclear power plant right next to like a major military base where they could like if you know we're getting invaded, they just like take out the nuclear power plant. There's like toxic radiation all over our military base, and then like, uh, guess we guess we lose that base, I guess." so, here's my thoughts on Dubai. Uh, I I think it'll sustain for another, like, 10, 15, probably, like, actually, I could see it 25, 30. And then it'll probably just become, like, a big tourist attraction. Like, I could see it being, 
similar to like Monaco or like, mm. you know, one of those countries where people, it's not like there's, you go there because you want to spend a lot of money. It's like a place where rich people convene like Monaco. Uh, only problem is that the reason why Monaco got so big is because of gambling. Uh, same, you can make the same case for Casablanca and Morocco in like the 30s and 40s, is that, uh, you know, they had gambling laws that, you know, were very like, whatever, come gamble, if you lose, you lose, if you win, you win, we're not going to stop you. And uh, that was, that caused a lot of growth for them. However, uh, Dubai is a majority uh, Islamic place. It's more of a conservative location. In terms and, of, like, gambling. Uh, I just looked this up. Muslims are forbidden to gamble. Right. Uh, however, there are casinos in countries where Islam is the predominant religion. Uh, so, I, I don't know if they want to, you know... Wait, I can see this. Uh, yeah, at the moment, gambling is not allowed there. Uh, Probably the rule. I mean... The only, the only places that are uh, Muslim majority that have allowed gambling are Georgia, Egypt, Tuznia, Lebanon, and Morocco. So Morocco being that one in like the 40s where everyone would go and gamble. And so. as long as it brings them money, then there's always a chance that they could change it. Yeah. Okay, our next one. We know Russia. Russia's a pretty big country. Yeah. Been a pretty big player on the international Cold stage War. for about 100 years. What comes next to Russia? Are they going to stop at Ukraine, or are they going to continue trying to take back the uh, former Soviet nations? You're definitely done with Ukraine. There's no way they have enough money for another war. They're losing this one. Yeah, I think <laughs> if they were successful in Ukraine, maybe there was a chance to keep going, but they kind of just like failed miserably. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Ukraine's like really small, and like we, I mean, we also helped them a lot too. So like, they, I think they would know that. Like, if they went for more, we'd help them the same amount, and they'd lose just as many generals, tanks. I mean, they lost, like, like 100 tanks, didn't they? They did, I think they lost, like, three of their top generals, too. Yeah, they were trying to, like, sniped. That was, like, the, and they lost like, a lot of men, too. Like, mm -hmm. so they just... <clears throat> now they don't... <clears throat> they don't, like, have the leadership anymore. They don't have the money. They're, like, all, you know, on Stolichnia. Like, they don't, they're not in the right mind. So I don't... I mean, maybe if they, if they did, it wouldn't really go well. Yeah. So I wouldn't say he won't, but I mean, you, you never really. But let's say they took Ukraine. What country do you think would have been next? Uh, I mean, I don't really know what was part of the Soviet Union before, so whatever, whatever's closest to Ukraine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think historically, they always lose a ton of people in battle, including the war. Like every they single do. war, they have the They're biggest like not death rate. Well, because they, they have yeah, they have so many people, so. They don't. And not, not not, yeah, well, not I was going to say, and back in the 40s, like, relative to the other countries, they had, like, a, a ton of people. But now it's like they have... Their birth rates, like, kind of, like, stagnated. Yeah. And they're all dying in war. And they're all dying in war now, so... Yeah. But, I mean, even if they did choose to keep, like, going like Cohen was saying, they probably wouldn't be successful, just like Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, you can tell they're kind of losing steam, especially with... Like, Finland was a country that everyone thought they're going to take Ukraine and then they're going to take Finland. That was going to be, like, the order in which they do is taking Ukraine and then taking Finland. And then Finland is like, hey, we're going to join NATO. And they're like, 
we're gonna invade you, man. You're like, you guys are dead. And then uh, Finland joins NATO after the whole Ukraine thing happens, and they they're like, we have we have a nuke, we have a nuke. Like, don't do it. And then they did it, and nothing happened. Uh, so Finland is pretty much off the table now. They could effectively like checkmate Russia if they just get like. There's a couple of countries that if they, if they can get them to join NATO, uh, they pretty much prevent Russia's like new Soviet Union type status of like taking up taking a ton of countries because there are countries that want to join Russia what made the Soviet Union strong though was not the amount of land it had it was that it's it was the quick turnaround for the economy because they could make the shit out of crap out of out of weapons and, and, and infantry and they didn't have to pay anyone well <laughs> communism <laughs> there, there was definitely money people were getting paid um, but it wasn't that they were paying anyone, it was that they were paying the workers, and they were instead of subsidizing. Um, I actually have a question for you, because you seem to know a lot about the Soviet Union's economic policies. So I did a research paper on uh, the Reagan administration's strategic defense initiative. Uh-huh. And you know the big thing with the military-industrial complex is the concept of uh, private companies getting, uh, like, contracts, yeah. getting contracts. And I was looking and reading on the Soviet like space race and arms race, and they were doing the exact. They had military contracts mm-hmm. too, won by private companies. Mm-hmm. They're private. Everybody private. What companies. are your thoughts on that? Good or bad? What are my thoughts on it? Well, I think that it's the, the difference is, is the free market in this case. In in America, you yeah you can you can subsidize a company, you can give them money, and they say they might do something, but they could make they could use that money for anything they want. Even if it's a contract, they breach, they breach contract, and what they just, they get slapped with a small fine. In the USSR, when you were given money to do something, you would do it, and that's how they are. They're able to make these like you know quick turnaround times for guns and, and ammo, and and tanks because they basically they were more contractually obligated. Um, the private companies, in that sense, and because private companies were more of a nationalized kind of concept, they were more, I mean, they were still private, right? Yeah. I mean, I do want to know, despite it being a private company, it was part of, like, a pretty big coalition. Yeah, because these they, they work together, because they want to work with... It was, there was, like, a, uh, it was a classification, it was, the company was called Korolev, and, uh, named after the guy who made Sputnik, and ran the Soviet, uh, space program. Uh, but it was part of like a collective of a ton of different like uh, military like contractors and uh, they did end up like not doing so well because they were like oh we're gonna build this rocket that'll send the thing up into space and then they launched it and it blew up and then Gorbachev was like no more funding for you Uh, yeah that's uh, Russia okay final topic China is a war with China possible, and if so, who is winning? All right, we'll start off with is war with China possible, Cohen. I think so. I mean, I think I mean, we trade with them a lot, so like people would think we're okay, but I'm pretty sure we're still like very at odds, and like not like I don't think things are going well with us. I think. Well, I think it'd be a good game, you know. I mean, <laughs> good game, <laughs> be a fun match. Yeah, I think, I, think be a, a, I think it'd be a good match to watch. I mean, China, you know, we have, we both have nuclear weapons, but I don't think we'd use that because that's pretty like bad. Mm. But 
I mean, it depends how we. Like, it's kind of hard to like know because now we kind of fight wars from a distance. what, two billion people, like a billion people? Like, they have a ton of people. So, like, in terms of pure military power, like, manpower, they have the upper hand. But I think you have the upper hand, like, machinery and, like, weapon bombs. So, I don't, I don't know, I just, I don't really know. Bombs. Yeah, I think it'd be, like, a 50-50, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think it's very unlikely, but I, I guess possible, because war with China basically means World War Three because... Allies, so they're not just everyone's gonna. Yeah, if they attack us, we're just gonna be like NATO time, and then yeah. like there goes another like twenty countries that are involved now. Yeah, and also I, because of the threat of nuclear war, if World War Three were to break out, I think they do everything possible to prevent it from happening. Um, I mean, if World War Three did happen, hypothetically, and no nuclear warfare was used. I think it would be close, but I think I think the U.S. could come out on top. I think it's just whoever wants it the most. Yeah, like, honestly, whoever has the best. Whoever effort. has the most spirit, you know, yeah. just to like keep fighting, the most, uh, the most you know, I courage. Think passion. I think yeah, what, yeah. I think what needs to happen is because the only thing I think that would, that would set up set a difference for me is that China, where they have more people, their 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 overall military force, even if the the numbers are comparable to our military force. We have so many people that can use a gun. We have so many armed citizens that the that that winning of a country to win to the war would be to to win the country, right? Like we would, it would be China comes to American shores and beats us on American land, and they are and now American land is part of China. That would be winning the war. That'd be winning against in the same way that we basically took over Japan after we bombed them. They would have to come to America, and if they came to American shores, every citizen is armed. There's no way they're winning against every single household. Because that's, that's soldiers and people. And then you're talking about millions and millions of soldiers, millions and millions of, of armed civilians. So there's no way they could absolutely win the war. So there's no real winner. And I don't think we could go to, to China and do the same thing. Unless they take guns away, then we're in, then well, in China. They would definitely not take guns away during World War III. Uh, yeah, because China is, like, most of their major cities are on that east coast. Uh, unless they go around them. Like, mm -hmm. On the east coast? Yeah, well, because they don't have a west coast, because, you know... Yeah, because of Russia, or Asia, or whatever. I don't know, I don't know geography. So, some sort of way. Wouldn't that mean they come around to, like, California-ish? They would... Pr I'm, I'm pretty sure they, like, the, right here would be, like, their first stop. Because the largest military base on the I west coast is, like, <laughs> 10 miles south of us. <laughs> so well, That's why it's so big, is because it's... Okay, well, what if we use the power plant to our, like, advantage? Right, when they pull up, you just Let's shoot it yeah. and it blows up. We just yeah. throw it at them, yeah. I think. I'm going to be fine. Just I mean, open up the things, put all the toxic waste into the water, they're going to melt. What if we get the nuclear waste and, like, slingshot it, like, onto their ships? Yeah. Like what they did with, like, people who had the plague in, like, the 14th century. They yeah. just catapult them over the yeah. walls. 
Yeah. That could work. That's yeah. our tactic. Like yeah. plants versus zombies, you know? Like I mean, our plants are like nuclear waste and like the zombies. And like, you know, if we got invaded, I'm growing the plants in my front yard. I'm making a, I think we can honestly just give them like processed sugar. <laughs> and like, they just, they just absolutely corrode the, the, the body. walnut, they can't get past. Destroy the rice farms. It'll be like they're stuck in the storm. We probably, I mean, that's what we did in Vietnam. We took out their, we, was that before or after it was a war crime it turned into a war crime? No, that was definitely when it was a war it was crime. It's it was, always, it was, always been a war crime. It's always kind of been a war. It's always kind of been like a, you know. Like a no-no. Taking, out, taking out crops and taking out... Because it used to be... War, war crimes you know, don't matter until it, the war's over. So. Yeah, it used to just be like, okay, burn the crops. Haha, <laughs> yay. Yeah. Yeah. win. The and reason it's a war crime is not because it, it limits the ability of soldiers to like well, Because it affects the, like, civilians. civilians. Exactly, yeah. civilians. So and you can't, do, you can't do anything intentional to take out like civilians. That's why there's a lot of things that are saying like... Even hitting a building should be a war crime. Yeah. Because unless it's like a fully like here, let's say you I have this spot. I have this giant office complex with thirty offices in it. One of them is let's say the U or let's say I'm fighting Russia. One of them is Russia's like, you know, military geography unit and i'm like oh, i really got i gotta get rid of those geography people i can't deal with them they're gonna win the war for them so i decided the best course of action is to destroy the entire building uh this happens very frequently where there's intel that like a tenth of a building is considered to be like there's enemy troops in there and then it just gets like demolished yeah and then there's a ton of civilians in there and then the government has to be like we didn't know that there were civilians in there. Wah, wah, wah. We're very sorry. Russia did uh, this. The U.S. has done it. Uh, most major countries. Every country has, every country has done everyone. that. Every country except for third world countries that were being invaded have done this. And like don't have the technology to just blow up a random building from like. Yeah, how would they even get into like U.S. airspace? Like, that wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. Uh, yeah, I think. I would not let that happen. I would not let that slide. You're right. I, would, I wouldn't take that. I think Homelander would, would deal with it. Yeah, wait until we get like Homelander on our side and it's over. I think we should make a Zarbamba. A Zarbamba, yeah. Uh, I think I think the only way that nukes get used in, in a war with China is if like China is like China just bombs South Korea or whatever. And then that puts us in an odd situation where do we nuke them back or do we just like let it slide and they like destroyed all of Korea? Or South Korea, at least. I mean, we destroyed all of North Korea, so like. I mean, North Korea is still a place. I didn't. I wouldn't say we nuked it off the face of the earth, like what they what they could do with South Korea. Did we pretty, nuke them or did bomb? I'm pretty sure we took. I think. I think there were no buildings above two stories after we were done there. There wasn't a single building above. Yeah, there was also in the fifties, and they had like oh the fifties. They apparently had like three buildings over that were two stories. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the U.S. would probably come out on top in a war. Just because our geography is insane, like it's incredibly hard to invade the U.S., uh, especially right now with all the technology we have, it'd be pretty much impossible to do so. Plus, we have Canada and Mexico on our side. I think yeah, so and that China cannot say the same. Uh, India would one hundred percent if we declared war on China. That's like an instant. We, there, I would instant see. I, I I think India would honestly declare war before the rest of the NATO countries. Like, India hates China. And they, they've had a border dispute going on for the past, like, 30 years. Where, like, they're like, okay, no guns are allowed. So there was a battle where they just threw rocks at each other. And it was, like, casualties. Like, one guy got hurt. Uh, Those are civil. 
Yeah, but no, I think India and China would 100%. I think a war between India and China is more likely than a war between the U.S. and China. And I think if an Indian-China war happens, the U.S. likely would not get involved. Which I think if we did get involved and India ended up winning, that would be an incredibly powerful ally. I think, I think that's why we would, we would. But if we don't, if we join and they lose then China's going to be really upset with us, and that could also, like, really hurt our economy. Yeah. It's, like, a very high... It's a huge gamble if we were to do that. Like, if... But, I mean, the same thing goes with Taiwan. We're like, oh, we're going to put troops to defend, or... I think what we do, what you would, what we usually do, is just supply both sides. We just fund and supply both sides. Yeah. And so there's way no one loses. I think indirectly we're going to do that. We're, like, we're going to continue to trade with China... But we're actually going to be sending military aid to, uh, to India. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's going to be like flat out just like both both sides. Here's your weapons. Have fun. It's going to be like here's your weapons, and then like hey, we're not going to stop trading with you. Mm. Uh, yeah. Any other remarks from you guys? We need more time, huh? No, we're fine on time. How long does this have to be? There's no time limit. It's just we got through all the points. So I just want to see if you guys had any more. Uh, <sighs> Nothing good. I think, end this off um, in the last 30 seconds. I think I gotta say, uh, um, the workers of the world should unite. Uh, we have nothing to lose but our chains. Uh, solidarity for the working class. Alright. That's, uh, all. My, That's all. My closing remark is that uh, I think I think money's kind of cool. Mm. And, uh, money's cool. Making a lot's kind of cool. Making it's pretty cool. I like, I like also. But also, like we big. should not be exploiting other countries' laborers. Uh, that's bad. Yeah, we should I that. think we should be using trade and... Child labor. And yeah, that American child labor. We should be using diplomacy to make trade deals better. And we can use trade as a means to help the rest of the world rather than hurt it. And I don't think we're doing that. And that is my closing remark, is that trade is very powerful and... We're using it to hurt other countries instead of helping them. Bye. Thank you, Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Of these these five episodes. Thank you. Bye.